What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mo, back with another episode of Up in Flames. I got two very great guests today. Um, if you've been listening, I know a lot of my listeners checked out the last one. Me and Jerg were actually guests on Chris the Prez is off the ball podcast last time and we did our fantasy draft. So now I'll return a favor and bring two of my favorite guys on the network here to discuss some of the things that have been going on in the NFL and NBA. Got my guy Jerg, Jerg and Coney, the NHL guru, the man of all sports, could talk from baseball to football to basketball to hockey. He probably could talk tennis if we if we allowed him to. So my man Jerg, and then I got my guy. Chris the Prez, the man that has made everything happen on Off the Ball Network. How y'all boys doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. Pleasure. Last time it was making the debut on the Off the Ball podcast. This time my debut on the Up in Flames podcast. I'm excited. Yep, yep, definitely yeah, yeah. big time. Always, Jared, always you know? fun, always fun hopping on and talking to you guys. You know, it's always a pleasure. So, well, hell of an introduction. So uh, let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah, to, to, You know, two of the best. We got nothing but great content creators. So I can say this about everybody. You know, when we get on the net, get guys from the network about our content. So, but Prez, I know um, we had discussed offline. So I'm going to let you plug in our newest sponsor. Uh, everybody on Up at Flames isn't familiar with the network's newest sponsor. So I'm going to allow you to kind of dish that information out. Yeah. So, you know, been working hard on this one. Uh the off the ball network is now uh partnering with fanatics you know obviously if you know fanatics you know they got all all everything apparel everything you need jerseys shirts all you need all that good stuff so happy to be partnering partnering with them you know that was that was huge and we talked about it on my show a little bit when i got that email <laughs> that was like oh stop everything i was doing and, I, and that was huge so uh yeah we're partnering with fanatics and you know, uh, you can head on over to, to uh, offtheballnetwork.com, hit the sponsor tab, and go to the Fanatics, click the link, and go uh, and, and help out the, the network a little bit. You know, we get a little something-something, you know, uh, when you click those links. And, uh, you know, we got some more stuff coming on with, with Fanatics as as we grow with them. So uh, just excited to be uh, to be working with them. That was huge for the network. And, uh, like I said, it wouldn't have – it wouldn't have happened without you know you guys and and everyone else at the network putting out good stuff. So uh, yeah, we're, we're uh, partnering with Fanatics. Like I said, make sure to go on offtheballnetwork.com, hit the sponsor tab. You'll see all our sponsors there. Uh, you'll see Fanatics. Just click on the Fanatics link. Everything will be there. Click on the tab, and like I said, it helps out the network. And uh, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm excited about that. That was huge. That was a huge get. So uh, it's just. It just shows the growth of the network. So big things coming then, uh, like I said. Thanks. Shout out to Fanatics for giving us a shot. Yep, 100%. Y'all heard the press. The guy who made it happen. Y'all go check out on offtheballnetwork.com. Go on our sponsors. Check out Fanatics. Click the link. Um, it's going to help us continue to give you this great content and continue to improve. Uh, you see improvement from us every time you listen, every time you watch. There's just always the little things that we get better at, but that's going to continue the growth of our network and the hopefully, you know, could be possibly a big time network just like we see ESPN and Fox Sports. You know, that's our goal and it's to do it together, get it out the mud. So, y'all definitely have to help us and you know, we're here for y'all. We give y'all great content and y'all, you know, everybody here is supporting our content, so I definitely enjoy that. But, you know, let's get right into it. Um, today, you know, with us recording today, it's a day late, 
Um, but it's breaking news. Uh, the biggest thing to talk about in the NFL. Uh, we're going to cover all things NBA. But right now, we want to talk about the one biggest thing in the NFL, and that's the Carson Wentz trade. Um, Carson Wentz got traded from Philadelphia to the Indianapolis Colts, who pretty much was the favorite to land Carson Wentz. And it made the most sense. There were a lot of teams he could have went to. The Colts made the most sense. Their name jumped in immediately as soon as we knew Carson Wentz would be available for trade. Um, a lot of big-time analysts were assuming that the Colts would be in on that. But what I really want to get into more so is how that affects everybody. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was for a third-round pick this year, a 2021 third round. It was a conditional 2022 second-round pick. Yep. I think um, that could turn into a first, right, Jerk? Yeah, it, it could. Yeah, it could. So I know it was like conditional based on, I'm assuming it's always performance, so it's performing based from Carson Wentz. If he hits these certain milestones, then it's going to turn into a first-round pick because obviously his value will be up um, for the for what they gave. But I'm kind of – I think Philly shorted themselves by trading Carson Wentz. I'm on both sides of the fence because, like, I don't think Carson Wentz was worth – what Matt Stafford was because when we look at Carson Wentz, we'd be like, oh man, look at his past two years. And we always like look at Matt Stafford as what he could have been, but Detroit kind of ruined his career. So I don't think they were going to get that same package. But Chris, I'm going to throw it to you. Do you think like Philly kind of shorted themselves? You think they could have got a little more for Carson Wentz, whether it was from Indy or elsewhere? I think they kind of did it to themselves with, you know, benching him and all that. And I think that kind of devalued him. I mean, how are you going to get a first-round pick for a guy who, you know, was technically mm-hmm. one of the worst quarterbacks in the league? I mean, his mm-hmm. stats showed that, and his passer rating was, you know, bottom tier, and if not the worst, mm-hmm. you know, he just wasn't good, and you know, uh, struggled last year too, and just hasn't been himself since that, you know, where you know when he tore his ACL, he was going to win the MVP. Yep, it, 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 he was go. He was the front runner for the MVP, and obviously, he got hurt. And that cost himself an MVP. But, you know, for the Eagles, I think they got what they could. And they, they had to make the move. I mean, they they had to. It was just uh, the relationship. It wasn't just with him and, and Doug Peterson. It's just the front office, just the, the lack of, you know, he just didn't trust them anymore. And for for good reasons. I mean, this team, I mean, we're talking, you would, you would think we were talking about a team that hasn't won in God knows how long. It, it was just three what three four years three years ago what 2018 yeah they were super bowl champions <laughs> you know they were coming off uh you know the highest of highs you know beating tom brady in the super bowl and winning their first ever championship and now look at this i mean they're in disarray i mean it, the eagles have just been a mess we talk about the last game of the year and then as a giants fan you know i'm still bitter over that you know how that was handled and and uh and obviously let and uh, obviously led to Doug Peterson's eventual, you know, uh, being uh, fired. And uh, front office has been a mess. They just made a lot of bad moves. And uh, like I said, uh, with Carson, you know, he needed a fresh start, you know. Uh, and we saw him today. He looked he looked kind of – he looked relieved. He looked happy. Fresh start, you know, with Frank Wright, which he, he's he's familiar with. I believe Frank was there. Um, was he there? Yeah, uh, yeah with, he was. His MVP. Was his yeah, MVP, yeah, MVP, soon to be MVP season oh, yeah. before he got hurt. Yeah, Frank yeah, yeah. Wright was there. He, he was the quarterback coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he maybe had the OC too. Yeah, yeah I think he was the OC. Yeah, but you know, he was there. He was working with him hands on a lot. So you know that familiarity with him. So it's a good thing. You know, I think they got what they could. You know, obviously, if he had played better, they, they could have got. The, I mean, just think. It's also like just a few years ago, if, we, if he was on the trade market a couple of years ago, you you think well at least three first, right? 
You would have got the house. Like you, you would have got, got the house, got for, the Carson house for Carson Wentz. Yeah. And now you got, you know, uh, a second round pick and then a maybe a conditional second that could be a first if, you know, like we think have to play like 70% of our snaps and make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So, I mean, it, it's a good move for the Colts. You know, they needed they need a quarterback to to have a chance because they have a pretty good defense, offensive lines intact. They got a pretty good uh, run game. So, and they got some, they got some solid weapons. So good move on both parts. You know, Eagles had to do what they had to do. They got to, they got to rebuild. They got to blow this thing up and start over and see if Jalen Hurts is that guy too. That's another thing, you know, uh, you know, they got to see if Jalen Hurts or, or they, they do something in the draft. We don't know. You know they do have the, the six pick. Like that's big. So, they do have the number with, six pick. Yep, there's going to be interesting to see what they do. Five quarterbacks, you know, there's four to five quarterbacks available mm-hmm. first round, you know, um, potential. So we don't know what Philly will do, but Jerk, how do you, you know when you first heard about this trade? How did you kind of digest it, and what and what did you think about the trade? So I wasn't surprised that it was to Indy. I think, like you said off the top, Mo, at the end of the day, Indy was the big favorite, and the connection for Carson Wentz to Frank Reich, I think, was ultimately what was always going to get that deal done in particular. Uh, but in terms of like the compensation, as we talked about, I'm not really surprised that they weren't able to get a bona fide first round pick back. Like Chris said, Mm -hmm. the second round pick is conditional uh, based off of a a couple of milestones that have to be hit. Like the thing is, is that at the end of the day, when an organization doesn't recoup value in a deal for a player, like you can try to blame the player if you want to, but you got to blame yourself. And the Eagles did two specific things that ultimately cost them in this move. Uh, The second thing actually in in the in these two things was the benching like chris said like once you once you benched him that moment in and of itself took down the value the chance of even getting a first round pick back for him number uh that and the number one reason was ultimately the same thing that caused the rams to have to give up a first round an extra first round pick to get rid of goff's contract uh which was giving him the contract extension way too early they gave him that extension before they had to they gave that extension. I honestly don't even think they looked at their long-term books um, before they gave him that deal. And now I know the pandemic happening was wild, but I think even in a regular salary cap for the next season, I think they still would have been over, still would have had issues to where they would have had to cut certain players. Like just re- just before we started this, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Jackson was officially released. I think he was gone this season no matter what, even if there had not been COVID. Like mm-hmm. it's just a myriad of factors that the Eagles did that did not help them in terms of trade value for Wentz. Signing him too early to that deal, uh, benching him, and – and for Wentz, it, it, it's like you guys said, he he needed this fresh start because even with the firing of Doug Peterson, when people were trying to say that that firing essentially meant that Philly was going to be behind Carson, that was nowhere near enough because I don't think it was just the head coach. I think from a whole organizational perspective, I think he had essentially lost faith in that team. Mm-hmm. And obviously years later, we're going to learn what caused them to lose faith in management. Uh, but that that that's what happens when I, I never understood this in sports when an organization tries to say we want to get the max value possible but at the same time they've lowered that player's value in a trade it's like you, it doesn't you kinda, make sense you shot yourself <laughs> in the foot there you know it doesn't, so, make, it doesn't make any sense yeah you, you cheddar bobbed yourself in that situation but especially so, with a quarterback especially exactly. with a quarterback where you know you can get the most valuable position in, in football the Josh most, Rosen got a second and he didn't play. Right, you know? Period. Like the most you valuable know? position in football, period. Everybody has this belief that if I have a franchise quarterback, I can figure everything else out. But then you look at Indy, who 
at, at the time of Philip Rivers' retirement, has everything but a franchise quarterback. And so they're willing to trade for Carson Wentz. And they also knew, they knew that. Like, you know, if guys like us, not attached or close to the situation, are able to see that his value went down the minute you benched him. Like, how are you going to sit here and ask me for two to three first-round picks? Yeah. You just benched this guy for a rook, a questionable rookie quarterback. Now, granted, I, I love that Jalen Hurts came in and it did pretty well um, as far as taking over Philly and really gave them a shot at, at the playoffs. You know, um, I know they were really the last game didn't matter for them, but still, he gave them a shot, and their offense looked a lot more productive the minute Jalen Hurts jumped in there. But he was a questionable a prospect coming into the draft last year and yeah. ultimately you got benched you're supposed to be we we talk about Carson Wentz a lot of people talk about him and we talk about his talent and his potential and we always refer back to that MVP season MVP like season three years ago or two years ago two to three years ago one of those but like that's that's the that's what he's done like other than that like his team won a Super Bowl and he didn't play you know he was injured he had an MVP-like season, and he was injured. Like, that's the year they won the Super Bowl. Then he goes, and they don't look like they're going to make noise and make the playoffs. He gets hurt again. Nick Foles comes in once again and beats the Bears and gets a playoff win. So it's like they kind of rode the backs of Wentz, but then their best success came when Wentz came out. These teams pay attention to that. If guys like us are sitting here paying attention to that, you know these GMs who are playing with their money, the owners who are playing with their teams, they got to pay attention to stuff like that. So, you know, you kind of ruin yourself. Like like Jerick said, you shot yourself in the foot the minute you benched Wentz and thought that he was going to have any type of first-round value. Yep. But my biggest thing, and I want to get y'all takes on it, because it's like my biggest question out of this trade is how does that affect any other quarterback on the trade market? Granted, I know when we're measuring Carson Wentz and we're measuring the hottest quarterback on the trade market, and that's Deshaun Watson, who, if you ask Houston, he's not on the trade market, but he wants out. But even still, there's questions around Kirk Cousins. There's questions around Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, there's possibly questions around Dak. Yeah, we can franchise tag him, but, you know, Dallas – has a chance of they can franchise tag him, but there's no contract, there's no long term there, so they could franchise tag him to ultimately trade him. There might be a team, but how did that trade value after what we seen for Matt Stafford? We almost had the same conversation after we seen what was what they traded for Matt Stafford, and we're like, how does that affect the value of Deshaun Watson? Like people are gonna look at the uh, you know teams are gonna look at what the Rams had to give up for Matt Stafford. And Houston's going to be like, look, I got Deshaun Watson. He's unquestionably better than Matt Stafford right now. And they got at least two first-round picks and the quarterback to replace him. So, you know, we knew, like, that was a big value on Deshaun Watson. But has the value for some of these other guys who could be traded, there's no guarantee. But you have Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't know if Dak's going to want out, if he can't reach a long-term deal. I know in his head he wants to be a Dallas Cowboy for life. But if the money doesn't match his projection of being a cowboy for life, then he'll leave. And and it's understandable. Like, you can't tell a guy, you're my franchise quarterback, but then you're not here. Right. So, or, or you're not willing to pay me franchise quarterback money. But how did did it affect anybody's trade value if it did? So, you know, Jerk, I'm going to wrap back around, go back around the horn. Jerk, what do you think as far as did this trade devalue any quarterback who could be traded or 
teams that are dissatisfied with their quarterback situation and may listen to trade offers, does that devalue any of these guys from Cousins to Garoppolo to Dak to Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson? So I think of the quarterbacks you've mentioned, I think the quarterbacks that this would affect the trade market for would be Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins, because those guys are much more comparable to a Carson Wentz, which if we take Carson Wentz's MVP season out of the mix for a second, if we look at what he did in his last relatively healthy season where he was allowed to start, which was 2019, it was 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and the Eagles actually made it to the playoffs in a playoff game against Seattle. I compare uh, that is much more comparable to the likes of Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G. Uh, before we we got on Mo, uh, just before the show started, like we were talking about um, the thing with like a Deshaun Watson and a Russell Wilson is this is that their more comparable trades are to the Jamal Adams deal, to the Stefan Diggs deal, to yeah, those kinds of up. to those kinds of players because it was a first round pick and a second round pick and like I think one or one more pick like a third or a fourth for Stefan Dix to send him mm-hmm. uh, for Buffalo to get him. It was yep. two first-round picks by Seattle to get Jamal Adams over there. I know a mm-hmm. lot of people were trying to say the, the Stafford deal may impact the Watson deal, but the only reason I, I somewhat disagree is because if L.A. did not have to get rid of the Jared Goff contract, they wouldn't have had to give up the extra first. The way I break down the exactly, deal is this. Yeah. It was, Stafford was for the first and the third. To get rid of Goff was another first. So okay. th- that's that the way sense. I view it. Yeah, so that's that, like what I mean, happened back in when Cleveland uh, yeah. went for um, what's the um, who was the quarterback from Denver, where they just uh, say, hey, just to get rid of the contract to Brock send Osweiler. Yeah, Osweiler. Osweiler, like we'll give you yeah. a second just to take on his contract. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. That's how I see it the same way too. They gave him another because they like, all right, if we're gonna take this contract, we got to give you something, and we'll t- give you another. First. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that that's why I think like Watson and Wilson like it. But depending on where the Wilson stuff is, but we know where Watson, at least in his and his camp, uh, mm-hmm. lie on this. Is that I don't think these deals can affect them because I think those guys are just in another tier. Like when we're when we name the top five or six quarterbacks in the league, we're gonna name Watson and Wilson, and then we're gonna take a while before we get to the likes of Wentz, Cousins, and Jimmy G. So like that, yeah. that's my take on it. And I also think, relatively speaking, the the team that they could be in trade so- trade talks for is very situational. Like. I think the reason the Colts believe in this deal, aside from Frank Reich, like if you look at that defense and offense, Chris Ballard has done an amazing job building that roster the last few years. A lot of people forget, but a couple of years ago when the Colts had like the highest cap space in the league, I think they had $95 million or something. A lot of people were urging them to spend, and Chris Ballard said, nope, I'm going to take my time and get the right players in. Trades, for, uh, trades down to get an extra pick gets Quentin Nelson, gets Darius Leonard trades a first round pick for DeForest Buckner, which all due respect to the guys from last year's draft class. I don't know how many of those mid round picks are going to become a DeForest Buckner, you know, and then and subsequently extending him like Ballard has done such a good job at building that team. Like you said, Mo, they were ready for a quarterback and now they're going to bring in that guy. So I think it all depends. Like if you're going to trade a Kirk Cousins or a Jimmy G to a team that has like a 50, 50 shot of making the playoffs, you're you're going to get a lot closer to this Carson Wentz deal than you would for another guy, as opposed to Watson or Wilson, where hypothetically, if it even goes that far for Russ, you're talking about a guy who has won a Super Bowl, who back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, Pro Bowls, all the yards. Like, we've seen him be a playmaker for that team. And what Watson's done, especially last season, leading the league in passing yards, like those guys, it's, it's going to be a different kind of haul compared to what some of these other QBs we've named would get. Yeah, Chris, what do, what what do you think? Like to bounce off 
guru jerk over here, which is why I'm so glad I brought him on because he just comes and comes and comes. But Chris, how do you follow that up? Like, because I know you have your opinion, but what what do you think about does it impact any of these trade possibilities? You know, we know Watson is the for sure he wants out. None of these other quarterbacks have said he wants out, but we've heard buzz from, you know, uh, the 49ers camp as far as they're not satisfied with Jimmy G's performance. Um, the Vikings, like, there's been talks of maybe Kirk Cousins becomes available. So do you think it affects any of those guys? And if Russell Wilson said he wanted out, like, do you think it affects any of those values at all? I mean, I don't think it affects the values, but, you know, I think teams are looking at their quarterback situation and seeing – is this guy really going to help us get it to the next level? Or is Kirk Cousins going to take us to the Super Bowl, you know, take us to the playoffs and, and make a deep run and and maybe, you know, get to a Super Bowl? You saw Jimmy G, like, Jimmy G is just, you know, he's just not it. You know, he he just not. He hasn't shown. Obviously, you know, uh, the Super Bowl last year, you know, he missed a lot of throws. I mean, he, he was a big reason why, you know, the they Chiefs lost. Were, they lost and the chiefs are holding up you know that lombardi trophy and just this play you just saw i mean in the in the game before that what was they playing the packers i mean well he threw the ball what less than 10 times i think like seven or eight times literally it's just like it's that winning is is that a quarterback you want that you could trust they showed they don't trust him and Mm -hmm. and he and he just hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy too like he's always hurt like he's always hurt so he's not reliable and you know, I've heard 49ers rumors. There's always been the rumor with Kirk Cousins, too, because, you know, um, that's always been something, you know. Um, I, I don't know, because Kyle Shanahan and, and Kirk Cousins go back from, from the Washington days. But as far as, like, Russ and, like, that situation, I mean, that would t- that's probably going to be the same as, you know, as probably three first-rounders, same as Watson pretty much. I mean, I know – you know, quarterbacks, you know, he's only, what, 31 years old? What is Russ, 31? That's mm-hmm. – yeah, 31, know, 32. He, he's not old. He's still got a lot. <laughs> he's got – Brady's 43 and he's still playing. I mean, Russ, Russ could play for as long. He takes care of his body. So 43 and winning Super <laughs> So you can get three yeah. first. And, like, but I think team teams are just looking like we need a guy who we could believe in that could help take us to the next – like you look at that Minnesota team. They – they have players like if you if we said Everywhere. Minnesota was in the Super Bowl, you wouldn't be shocked because they have so much talent on both sides of the ball. But is Kirk Cousins going? Is is he that dude that could take him to the next level? And I think teams are just finally realizing we need to find the guy that are going to help us take it to the next level. And you look at San Francisco. I mean that window. I mean they were in the Super Bowl last year, and then that happened this year. All the injuries, six and ten season. Yeah. You know, and we don't know if they'll ever get back. So I just think a lot of teams are looking into this. Like, can we get a true a guy that can help us be, you know, get to the playoffs and be Super Bowl contenders? And I just think, you know, that's that's what you got to find. I think that's what you got to find. And Minnesota is going to be your Cowboys. I heard a crazy, I heard a crazy, 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 crazy scenario in it's which they tag. I think they, I heard of it. They tag Dak. And, trade and then him. trade him for Watson. So you don't have to give up as much draft capital because Watson's not a bad return. Not a bad mm-hmm. return. Not at all. And you get him for the year for for if you're Houston. And if you don't want him, he's off the books. And then you could just do go to your rebuild. Something like that. I don't know. I think I think we're gonna see it's gonna be something crazy like that. To me, I don't see the point of trading for you know Garoppolo or trading for cousins. 
hit a home run because just you need a quarterback to win to win in this league. You need you need elite quarterback play, and we've seen it. You know, with the teams in the Super Bowl, I mean, we got the, the elite of the elites playing in the Super Bowl. You know, Aaron Rodgers yep. in the NFC Championship. So I just think teams are going to try to they they might risk it to uh, to 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 win because you know you need yeah. quarterback play, man. You just need it's a new day and age, like. You know, we, we grew up, you know, we're all fairly around the same age, a couple of years older, a couple of years younger, but we grew up defense wins championships. But if you think about it, like a quarterback will win a championship. You look at the Bucks, their defense carried them. I, I don't want to say carried to disrespect Tom Brady, but he didn't have Tom Brady-like performances in the playoffs. But then Tom Brady showed up and showed out, not ridiculous numbers, but he had Tom Brady um, efficiency. In the Super Bowl. He showed them how to win. Exactly. And and he had the impact. He changed the whole Bucks culture from the minute he got there. And I told everybody, everybody could look at the defense. And and we know Devin White, big time this year. We know Shaq Barrett, big time this year. Vita Vea came back in the Super Bowl. Big time player in the Super Bowl. Like, there's some Antoine Winfield came back in the Super Bowl. Big time player. Like, they definitely had everything to do with them winning the Super Bowl. But the minute Tom Brady checked into Tampa, he changed the whole mentality of that team. He made Devin White believe, you know, that, and whether he did it individually and walked up to Devin White and was like, you're the best linebacker in the league, mm-hmm. it's just the way Tom carries himself. He's a star, he's the GOAT, he's yeah. a winner. What he does is when we get here, I am Tom Brady. It's Super Bowl a bus with me. So y'all get on the train, but he doesn't mistreat anybody to get on that train. You know, I know I could only imagine. I just would love to see film of like a week of Tom Brady at practice. I could only imagine that on those defensive days, he's the biggest fan. He applauds and goals for everything that everybody does great, and he'll point out what you do wrong, but it's just a culture. And then, like you said, you had Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship. Mahomes won a Super Bowl last year. He's in the Super Bowl. Like, uh, Josh Allen came to fruition and became, like, you know, an MVP candidate this year. He played in the AFC Championship. Like, bad quarterback play is not going to win you a championship. I don't care how good your defense is. I don't care how good your run game is. It, it, it's going to come down to the quarterback. We're in the new age of the NFL. A defense isn't going to carry you to a Super Bowl like the Denver Broncos did in Peyton Manning's last year. Um, even with Russell Wilson playing as good as he was, he still wasn't great yet when the Seattle Seahawks won that Super Bowl. So, you know, you look at all that. Now Russell Wilson is the man. Let Russ cook. We have that, you know, little slogan behind Russ. So there's just it's going to come down to your quarterback play. But what I want to do is switch it over to basketball. I got my man Chris on here. You know, the, the one of the best basketball minds that I get with every time. Jerk, like I say, he's the jack of all trades. I can switch it to whatever sport, and he's going to know something. But I want to switch it to basketball, and I want to talk the MVP talk. Um, You know, there's there's a few players that are, are real consideration, the top five players, and they kind of drift a little bit. There's been one guy who's kind of steadily stayed number one in my eyes, and that's Joel Embiid, but I just want to talk and get with y'all. Who is y'all's MVP right now? Who has risen in your MVP rankings? Who has fallen? And just, I want to get y'all's perspective on all that. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you. When we talk MVP, who's really impressed you? Who's your lead MVP front runner? Who's been a guy who's risen and kind of dropped in the rankings in your eyes? My MVP right now is Joel Embiid. 
it's he's uh he's been consistent on my top of my list um he's just been phenomenal he's just it's just i mean he's he's pretty much averaging 30 a game on you know 11 rebounds he's second in per he's just having a fabulous season his team's playing great you know they're they're the number one seed out east i mean it's he he's he's just the, he's the focal point of that team he's he's the He's playing a little bit more physical. You know, he started shooting a lot of more threes last year, and and I think you know Doc said, "Hey, you're 270 pounds. You need to use that body seven down foot low. Tall, two seven, seven like, foot tall. Like get, and get in the paint, get in the paint, and and be a bully down there. And you know, he's also a really good free throw shooter too, which is rare. You don't see guys." You know who are big men who are actually good free throw shooters too. And he's shooting like I think eighty five percent from the free throw line too. I mean thirty nine percent from three when he's getting. But he's just the focal point of that team, and he you know his defense too is. I mean he he might he's going to be in the defensive player of the year running. You know you know he he's a top three four candidate in, in that area too. So for me it's just it's him. He's he's been the catalyst for for the seventy sixers, and you know last year. It was just a weird year for them, you know. We saw how that roster was constructed, and then when they got to the bubble, he just he, he wasn't in it, and that team just was a mess. Obviously, you no know, Ben Simmons in the bubble, but you just see how that team's playing right now. They're just in sync right now, playing good basketball, and uh, yeah. So he's my MVP. As far as a, as someone who's dropping, I wouldn't say because of his play, but I would say Jokic is dropping because his team has just—they're the eight seed right now, like. The Warriors just just leaped them. Like Denver has struggled. Yeah. Um, they, you know Jamal Murray hasn't looked the same. He's not looking like Bubble Jamal. Um, and I I think I think why people really put a lot of emphasis on on Denver this year because they thought Porter would take a big big step. You know, and uh, they thought Jamal Murray, hey, if he's he could be better than the Bubble, man, that's an All Star. I mean. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't he hasn't been that all star player that we've seen. So I think I would put Joker down simply because the team is struggling. It's not because of his performance because he's doing everything he can. I mean, he's he, we all know what he what he uh, does on a night and nine basis. I mean, he's almost a triple double, <laughs> you know, for for crying out loud. I mean, he's just so good. But his team, I mean, they they're just struggling right now um, to find an identity. Um, so for me, Joker has. Has dropped. I mean, I had him two for a while. It was between him and MB, but he's probably dropped a little bit down my rankings too. So uh, I would say Joker's dropped for me. Jart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so somewhat similar to Chris, my number two right now is a bit different. I have LeBron at number two for now, just because the fact that what is this year seventeen, eighteen? Like he's still yeah, doing this. Yeah, he's, he's still doing this. When like mm-hmm. five years ago, people were saying he's going to drop off at some point. And the whole idea of bringing AD to LA was to allow him to take regular seasons off more, which he is minutes per game wise. But when you look at the court, the story speaks for itself. He still is likely the best player in the game today. We're not going to get into that argument, but like the fact he's still even in that conversation and has a legitimate case for being the top guy and too many still is like that, that just says it all considering uh, where we are at this point, more mileage and all that. But like Chris said, I got to give Joel Embiid, uh, the number one spot for how great he's been this season. I think Joel Embiid, the thing with him is that for so many years, we've all wanted to see this sort of level of play out of him. And I think the thing with a lot of players, like w- patience has really gone away in sports. We need to give guys time to mm-hmm. find something, especially with that team. Like 
Brett Brown was no longer going to do it for them. I think he had a little bit of leeway after the Game 7 loss to Toronto, where I didn't think it made sense then for the people saying to fire him. But I think as last season progressed, I think it was bona fide, like, okay, he he can no longer be the coach because it just wasn't a mix with that squad anymore, especially with how they constructed the roster, like Chris said. I think the thing with Joel is he's being aggressive. He's being great on both ends. I think he has a legitimate case because now AD went down for the next month or so. He could uh, be MVP and defensive player of the year just like Giannis was last year. And back-to-back years where that happens would be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just taking his game to an uh, to another level. And I think leadership-wise, I think it's an underrated thing. A lot of people were trying to create this whole friction between him and him Simmons. And Simmons yeah. I don't think there was really anything ever there to begin with. Both guys that was media. Said, that was a media thing. Exactly. Media play, like yeah. both guys have said, they want to play with one another. They always wanted to make it work out. And Daryl Morey, when he first got there, a lot of people were trying to say that. Like, okay, you got to decide Simmons or Embiid, and he's just like. I have to decide. I'm just going to keep both. I don't know what any of you people are talking about. And we're seeing it now to the point where Embiid, as we've said, has become an MVP candidate. Simmons, while we wish he would take that next level mentally, offensively, defensively, like they have two all-NBA defensive first-team players in their lineup. How many teams can say that? So uh, they might be one, two in defensive player of the year um, by yeah. the end of the year. Facts. Exactly. Exactly. Facts. And people so, won't want to hear that, but that, that is very true. Like, ben yeah. Simmons is playing some of the best defense we've seen in a long peak. He, and he's one of the, the few guys that can legit guard one through five. I mean, yep. we, we see Gobert, like we all, everyone says, you know, defensive player of the year, and, he, and he's great, deep, but he's more of a rim protector. Exactly. Ben Simmons can guard LeBron, he can guard. Damian Lillard. At times, he could yep. even guard if he had to guard uh, Joel. He could guard. He's so versatile, yep. and yeah. he, I think he's one of the. And it, it was a weird. It was a crazy stat where like it, it's his defensive like um, position ranking. Like as far as you know, his difficulty and his uh, his every time he's defending someone like and I'm the player is like one of the highest in the league because yep. he's like I said, he can guard one through five. He takes so, yeah. on the best player, no matter player, yeah. no matter what we, team we it is. A few nights ago, yeah, like. he's gonna take on the best player, and um, you know, not not to like cut you off, jerk, but you know, it, it's one of those like Embiid is my lead MVP candidate. But I got LeBron second, so I'm 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 with Jerg as far as who's second, and that's LeBron. But a tight third to me is Damian Lillard. I got Damian Lillard and Steph Curry at like three A and three B because I'm looking at both of those guys and what they're doing and what the expectation was. Like the question for Steph coming into the season was once Clay got hurt, can Steph do it by himself? And they're a playoff team. They're playing great basketball. I mean, even in a bad shooting night, um, just recently, jerk, I know it hurts against our Miami Heat. You know, you know, but you have to value like yeah, yeah. in a bad shooting night. But when it came down to when he needed that, when they needed him the most, fourth yep. quarter and overtime, he played great. He was Steph Curry. And then you look at Dame Lillard. No Nurkic right now. No CJ McCollum. They're not supposed to be fourth in the Western Conference. Now, granted, healthy before the season started, I jumped on. Um, I know with Chris, I had this conversation. I'm not sure. Dre, I'm pretty sure we had this conversation, too, about the expectations of Portland. And Portland was kind of like the second best team for me, top to bottom, when I looked at their team healthy. When I looked at Dame, CJ, Nurkis, Zach Collins, 
There's no Nurkis, no Zach Collins, no C.J. McCollum. They're fourth in the Western Conference, and ever since C.J. McCollum got hurt, they've gotten better. Portland was struggling in the beginning of the season a little bit, not a bad yeah, struggle, were, yeah. but an expected struggle, you know, with trying to fit the pieces. Nurkic went out early. And then when C.J. McCollum went out, our expectations for Portland kind of went out the window. Like, we know Dame going to get his. We know he going to ball. But we don't expect his balling to turn into a lot of wins, especially against quality teams. I mean, when you really look at the NBA, there's not necess- There's only a couple bad teams in the NBA. But even some of the bad teams have talent. Like, you look at the Pistons. They're one of the worst teams in the league. But they got Jeremy Grant, the guy who we say is probably the leader and most improved player. So, like, there's just talent. We knew this was going to be an exciting season because there's talent everywhere. Every team is talented. Every team has a player who could probably make the all-star game from the top to the bottom. Um, a lot of teams have multiple all-star caliber players. So that's what makes it so great And to me this year with Dame doing. But a guy I'm looking at to drop is or rise is LeBron. LeBron's sitting at that two spot. We see what Dame is doing. After the C.J. McCollum injury, no Nurkis, no Zach Collins. We see what Steph is doing. Obviously, this year, no Klay Thompson. Draymond missed a few games. And we see what they're doing. My question for LeBron is, I could very easily, I felt like this was his time to rise and be the unquestioned number one, uh, the leader in the MVP race right now. Like, not right at this second, but over these next few games. Watching that Lakers versus Nets game, has me a little scared that he could drop. And it's not about who's better for me with the Lakers um, as far as LeBron or AD. LeBron's the better player on that team. He's, you know, like Jerk said, year 18, still arguably the best player in the league. That's a conversation for another day. But people will pretty much agree, like, oh, if I don't have LeBron one, he's probably two. But I feel like this is his time to rise and take over that number one spot definitively because there is no AD. And what do you do? You ball out. You pull a Dame Lillard. You ball out and win games. The way they lost to the Nets, I'm kind of nervous. Like, even LeBron played really good. Like, he didn't play great, but he played really good in that game uh, the other night versus the Nets. But still, if it's not turning into wins, that's why Jokic is dropping because Denver is struggling. When we talk MVP, we're not giving the AC best player the MVP award. You're going to have to be top two to three in your conference, or against all odds, you're in the playoffs or, you know, higher than we expected, like a Steph Curry. Against all odds, no Klay Thompson, Draymond bit in and out. You know, you're in the playoffs right now. You're above 500. A lot of people didn't know that was a question with Steph is can he do that with his team? And even with them struggling early, Oubre was shooting terrible. Andrew Wiggins wasn't playing great. There was no Draymond at one point, and there's still, you know, the past couple games he's missed out. So I think this is LeBron's time to be able to do that. No Anthony Davis. Everybody looking at LeBron like, what you going to do? And if you really care about that MVP, which I think LeBron, I personally think LeBron does because for so many years, there's there's no reason why was it? We're going on seven years. LeBron hasn't won an MVP. It's ridiculous. There's no reason for that. Yeah, exactly. And there's no reason for that. We know LeBron. I mean, how can you be the best player in the league year in and year out? And haven't won an MVP at least once in the past seven years. So I think LeBron is shooting for MVP. I think he was last year um, before COVID hit. But you also have to be careful him because, 
even though he's, he's getting a freak older, of, he's still older. You got to consider, especially with AD out. You know, I know he wants that MVP. We all know he wants right. it, but you got to you got to hold him back because it's it's at the end of the day, who cares about the MVP? It's about it's about the championship. Ring. It's yeah. it's because so LeBron's kind of chasing two things right now. I think like the past, last year and this year, I think he's chasing that MVP. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it'd be his fifth MVP, Five. and then but he's chasing goat status. He's chasing undisputed goat. I don't know if he'll ever get that, but he, that's what he's chasing. He's chasing goat status. He's chasing what we would say Jordan or Kareem. You know, I think between him, Jordan, and Kareem, those are the top three greatest players to ever played the game. But that's what he's chasing. So you have to pick and choose your battles because no AD. LeBron can't do both. He's in year 18. And granted, I think we always say Father Tom is undefeated, but there's been two guys in sports that have kind of proven that wrong. And I think that's LeBron and Tom Brady because in both their respective sports and their respective years in, neither one of them was supposed to do what they're supposed to do. LeBron at year 18 is not supposed to be an MVP in the MVP race at all. And Tom Brady was not supposed to win the Super Bowl at 43 years old. So now I think like that father time argument, I think maybe we'll be changing. We're going to start seeing some longevity out of guys. But I do say LeBron's too. But I'm looking at him like, you know, what you going to do, LeBron? Are you going to rise to number one? Because now's the perfect opportunity. No Anthony Davis. And it's time for you to win some games. So that's kind of where I'm at. I think Dame has risen. I think Steph has risen. Jokic has dropped a little bit of me, but it has, like Chris said, it has nothing to do with his performance. It's all about his team. That's it. I mean, he had, what, a 40-point triple-double and a loss. Like, you can't put that on that guy when he drops 40 points, gets a triple-double, and they lose the game. It ain't his fault. You can look everywhere else, but it's not his fault. Even if he lacked a little bit defensively, he brought you everywhere on offense from rebounds to assists. To, to point. So I don't blame Jokic for Denver's struggles, but like Chris said, I blame everybody else. Jamal Murray. You know, they were calling him the Canadian Jordan yeah. in the bubble. Michael and Porter that was something has not played good of late. Yeah, I mean, and that was something Chris talked that about. That was that was something I know I was stating before the season started was I'm not jumping on these guys that balled in the bubble. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, um, TJ Warren, who we've heard nothing about this year. He's been hurt, right? He's been, and, he's yeah, been he's hurt, been hurt, but you know, my thing was run it back. Like, we see what you did in the bubble, but let's see if that turns into improvement, run it back. So that was kind and of And even Donovan thing. Mitchell early in the season, you know, was struggling. Was struggling. He was only averaging like 19 a game, like shooting like 38% from and the field. And now look at him. Best but record he's, in the he's finally league. got on, but yep. he's been an outlier of that. But everyone else, like Jamal Murray, I mean, he just hasn't just hasn't been it so far. And that's a big reason why they, they're kind of where they are right now, you know. Yeah, and speaking of MVPs, Jerk, I'm going to throw it to you, but Giannis Antetokounmpo in the Milwaukee Bucks, back-to-back MVP. So it's perfect to hit on speaking of MVPs. He's not in any of our race. I don't think any of us would have him as a top five MVP frontrunner. Why? So, Jerk, I'm going to let you – why is that? Why is – Milwaukee struggling with a back-to-back MVP who should be first, second, or third in our run. Like, you win back-to-back MVPs. To me, you're one of the best players in the league. You should always be in that conversation. But why is it we're looking past Giannis, and why is Milwaukee struggling with a guy such as Giannis's uh, potential, let alone athletic ability and just skill set now? Why is Milwaukee struggling with the back-to-back MVP player on their team? 
So I, I think there are three main reasons for that. So the number one reason I'm going to give as to why we are now no longer considering Giannis as a top five MVP candidate right now. The, this first one I kind of feel is unfair, but it's also true because this is a regular season award. But the way that we go sometimes is when was the last time we saw you play meaningful games? And the last time we saw him play meaningful games was in the NBA playoffs, was in that bubble. And we saw Miami, you and me, Mo, we were on this before the series started. Miami has the defensive coaching uh, and ability to form a wall, which they were literally doing, to stop Giannis from breaking the game. Because here's my thing about Giannis. Giannis is one is still one of the only like I want to say five to six players in my mind. Like if people have more that's okay, but in my mind there's only about five or six guys where pinpoint if you allow them to enforce their will, they will break the game and they will win the game. Giannis mm-hmm. is still one of those guys and he has been for a few years. So I think the playoffs has been one of the reasons that we they they didn't make it to the finals a couple years back, which I think it was the first time really going deep. I think you can kind of give them a pass for that as a team but last year it was a shock to a lot of people that it, forget even just losing in the second round they lost in five games in the second mm-hmm. round so i think that's one i think number two is the fact that Giannis's offensive skills while we know he can run jump dunk he's long defensively he's still a pretty good defender but it's just it, there are disappointments that the half court game is starting to become a struggle Mo, as we mentioned, like the last time LeBron won the MVP when he was in Miami, LeBron well-rounded his skill set in Miami. He developed a post game there. He became the true bona fide like superstar to be all superstars of his era in Miami because that's when he mastered the half court offense mm-hmm. for regular season and playoffs. And that's the key thing when you're a superstar. When you're in that half court set, you need to you need to master. You need to be able to defeat a team. When, the, when it gets to that case. And that's part of the reason why sometimes when Giannis has his off nights, look at how much they're limiting him and what he could do in the half court. Look how little they're allowing Milwaukee to get into the full court, uh, full court game. And to me, and this is my last reason, coaching. I Look, Mike Boonholzer is a good coach, a two-time coach of the year. I'm not going to disrespect him. But there's a reason when Atlanta won 60 games, they got swept in the playoffs. There's a reason now that, you know, you have the back-to-back MVP, but you haven't made it to the NBA Finals yet. And when you've lost in the playoffs, you haven't gone to a Game 7. It's coaching. And here's my big thing, the defensive side of things. I don't know what's happened to them. If we go back to last season, here are some of the stats that Milwaukee put up last season. Opponents' points per game, they let up 108.6. That was eighth. They were the best defensive team last year in terms of field, of opponents' field goal percentage. They were around middle of the league in three-point percentage, but I think middle of the league is fine. Uh, they they had the best point differential last year by 10 points. No one else was above 6.6. And in terms of opponents, in a, in a field goal differential, it was 6.1. Again, uh, I believe best, if not best, like second best in the league. This year, opponents are scoring almost 113 points per game on them. That's four and a half points worse than last year. They've gone from the best field goal defensive team to the 10th now, which is a steep drop-off considering. Opponents are shooting better against them from the three-point line. They're forcing less turnover per game. I say less because it's only one less, but even still, that one less turnover, it could be a two-pointer, it could be a three, and they've lost a lot of close games where they could have used an extra stop here and there. Mm -hmm. And then point differential, I I hate to say they're only at 6.6, but when they've been in the double-digit range the last two years as they have, 
it makes a difference. And again, by field goal differential, they're only above by three. So it's all these little things on the defensive side of the ball that they're not they're not feeling as dominant this year. Because in, in the previous years, we, we know Giannis was the MVP last year. That Bucks defense, team-wise, offensively and defensively, was so good. And now this year, for some reason, it's just kind of grinded to a halt of what they were. They can still hang up 115 on any given night, potentially. But now it's actually a case where they may give up 115 or close to it and that hasn't been the case for two years now remember how dominant they were in the full regular season last year it was a legitimate argument like could the bucks actually get to 70 wins like that was an argument at one point before the season stopped yep yeah it was was. so it's those things and i i personally like i i'm 50 50 with coaches i think the right coach the right situation can do great things when he allows the team when he controls the team and when he allows the team to do them i think bruce arians was the perfect coach for the buccaneers this year for example i don't think a lot of other coaches could have meshed with brady as well now on the other side of things you could have accomplished as much as you want as a coach but your accomplishments mean nothing to me i've been on coaches i've been hard on coaches that have won before and mike budenholzer you don't have a championship on your resume so i'm going to be hard on you and your tactics, your lack of adjustments in the playoffs have cost the team. And now I don't know what on the defensive end that either they're doing different or, again, he's not adjusting to. But they have gone from the best defensive team the last few years to in the conversation. And over the course of a season, in one game, it will make a difference. But over the course of a season now, that's yeah. what makes a difference. Their defense has struggled a lot this year. Yep. Yeah. Chris, what, what what do you say about the Milwaukee Bucks struggle and, and Giannis being a back-to-back MVP front, uh, MVP winner and not being in the race at all? Like, he pretty much has no consideration. Yeah, I mean, we all we all knew Giannis had to evolve his game. Like, we all know, like, like Jerk said, he could be so dominant. And even Ch- Charles mentioned is like, just put him in the block and let him dominate there. They don't – he doesn't – he doesn't really have a post-up game. I, I just feel like like whatever the coaching staffs do, it feels like, hey, give Giannis the ball top, try to do some picker rolls and let him go downhill. But if that's not working, the offense is just stagnant, right? Their half-court offense is not there. And then the defense, I mean, we talked about last year, like, yeah, they can shoot, they, they would score. And even this year, they're scoring at a high clip. But the problem is their defense is now not playing good at all. I mean, I think they're, like, 20th. And, and, and as far as points allowed, and yeah. their half court defense has been pretty, pretty bad. Like it's not good. Like, and la- and I was reading this earlier, you know, prepping for the show, and it was something that said that um, they're one of the best teams uh, defenses as far as three points. Like they 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 let teams shoot a lot of threes last year. They just the teams were just hitting them. That's why their defensive marks were so good. This year, teams are hitting them. You know, and and that's the difference this year is that the you know the half court defense hasn't been good, and it just you know like you said it feels like they just rely on Giannis to just save them, just do mm-hmm. everything, and it's like teams are are obviously we saw we've seen the last two postseasons, Toronto hey they build the wall and that worked, and last year you th- like and and like you said Jerry we kind of gave Milwaukee a pass that year against against Toronto, right? We're like, all right, that's the first year, you know, uh, Giannis has arrived and, you mm-hmm. know, his MVP. But last year in the bubble, th- that that just shouldn't have happened. Like, they should have adjusted. They didn't adjust at all. 
And then, you know, they lost in, it was a gentleman sweep pretty much, you know, they lost in five and this year it's just, it's the same thing. And, and it just seems like Budenholzer is just is this pick and roll with Giannis up top of the key downhill. And if it's, you know, it, it's just been, it's just been a mess right now. And I said, the defense, you thought with Drew Holiday coming in, the defense would be a little bit better. Yep. It, it hasn't been great. It's just, it's, you know, but like we said, Budenholzer is a, is a really good coach, but it, is he the coach that's going to get this team to that next level? You know, it's going to be like, they need to find that. And like you said, I don't like blaming the coaches all the time, but you know, in this, in there, you can't fire Giannis, can't fire Middleton. Someone's getting fired. And I think Budenhoser is really on the hot seat and essentially, and I also read this too. It's not, it's kind of like with Dwayne Casey in Toronto, like, they they got they kept getting they were like you know knocking on the door knock on the door but they and then we saw how they got swept by the Cavaliers and it was like we have to make a change we have to do something to get this team to the next level and they felt that firing the coach of the year which was I mean unprecedented right coach of the year you trade your your franchise player maybe the greatest Raptor of all time and you make a trade like that I'm not saying trade but they need to find that Nick Nurse you know uh, they need to find that Steve Kerr. You know, that coach that can elevate this team because this team is a championship team, but they just can't figure it out. So it, it just – Budenhoser might might uh, have to, you know, unfortunately they might have to find a new coach, is, you know, uh, to get this team to – because this team's too talented to be, what, 16 and 13? <laughs> you know, they lost yeah. five in a row. The, def- the offense is, is out of whack. Defense isn't there. Like this was not the team we've seen the last two years you know, in the regular season. So, you know, um, it changes might have to have, you know, whether it's this season, I don't know if they get it's that drastic. I don't know who's on the coaching staff, who they think maybe can elevate this team, you know, kind of like how Toronto had Nick Nurse. But, um, you know, changes might be made. And and I don't know. I don't know. If Boone, unless Boonehoser switches it up and gets this team going back, that defensive intensity and, and, and get sink, sinking on offense. I don't know, man. They got to, you know, they they really got to think about maybe making a move. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, both of y'all hit it on the head. So it's like, there's no point to go in. But I think a lot of the blame goes on Giannis. Um, one thing that, that I don't think anybody hit was the fact of in the final four minutes of clutch moments, you know, final five minutes is considered yeah, clutch moments. But in the final four minutes of games is like Giannis will be out or it's like office defense or, or just not what you expect. Like your superstar in a close game is supposed to be in the game the whole time, four minutes. And, and it's supposed to put on a show in a sense. And granted, there's other stars that you're going to be battling against night in and night out. You know, one of the stars are going to prevail in a close game, whether Giannis is playing Dame or LeBron or Kawhi. But regardless of the fact you being a superstar, you being a top five player in the league, you're supposed to win some of those battles. Um, and Giannis isn't winning any of them. He's not even, they're not implementing him big time in the office. It's like for the first three and a half quarters is like feed Giannis, let him eat. But then if it's a close game late in the fourth quarter, it's like we can't give Giannis the ball because these teams are building walls. These guys are getting as players, as a whole collective of a league, they're getting more athletic. They're getting bigger, stronger, faster. They're catching up to what Giannis could do. Giannis is such a physical specimen that 
he he just kills you athletically and physically because he's just that big and strong and fast. But when you look at when you really look at his game, Giannis isn't the greatest ball handler. There's about three or four guys his size easily that handle the ball better than him. He's he's a bad shooter. I won't say terrible because terrible would be Ben Simmons from shooting, but he's he's a bad <laughs> shooter. You know um, he hasn't got better. It's pretty much he, and that's he, the problem he is he's not improving. And I think that's the biggest problem is we look at him and we keep giving him a pass. But you know, y'all know me is I'm a huge LeBron James fan. But if LeBron was playing like this and the Lakers were playing like this, oh. there would be no pass for him. So why do we give Giannis a pass? Why last year when the Clippers, who were the favorites in a lot of analysts' eyes to win okay. a championship, why do we give them and Kawhi Leonard the Same. pass for not even going to the conference finals? Like, y'all know me. I ate it up as soon as Denver came back for the um to, to win that series. Y'all know me. I came hard, and I said, we're not giving Kawhi Leonard a pass. I did a show about it because I refused to give Kawhi Leonard a pass for not going to the conference finals. And I always measure, I get it, everybody's not going to be LeBron James. But we're constantly looking at who's going to be the new face of the league. And the reason why there isn't going to be a new face in the league for a while, and we don't know it's up for grabs, is because of what LeBron continues to do and what other guys continue to lack. Whether it's Kawhi, when he was supposed to be face of the league, let him win a championship last year, Kawhi would probably be the new face of the league. But he didn't. He was favored, this and that. We had so many questions about the Lakers. I personally picked the Lakers, but a lot of people picked the Clippers. But we, I just get tired of everybody giving all these other guys passes. There's two players we don't give a pass, and it's LeBron, and it's really Kevin Durant. We kill him for going to Golden State and winning the championship, and we'll probably kill him. You know, guy, people will kill him for being in Brooklyn and not winning the championship. But why is it outside of those two we find a reason, an excuse for everybody else, for Kawhi, for Giannis. We we even ready, you know, everybody come into the season ready to kill Steph Curry before he played a single game without Klay Thompson yeah. saying his superstardom has been a fluke in a sense. We didn't do it, you know, but every he has to prove himself. He has to prove himself. A two-time MVP, a three-time champion, a unanimous MVP has to prove himself. That's crazy to me. Yeah, am I interested to see what he does without Klay? Of course, but to say... Steph Curry has to prove himself to me. It's crazy. Like we pick and choose who we give a pass to and who we allow to live and and live the fight another day. Live to to surprise us another year. And Giannis is a guy at this point in time Giannis should be getting killed. A five game losing streak with Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's finally it's coming. It, it's, it's and I think it's coming. Point. I think everybody is now realizing and whether it's we've given all these other players passes but like this is the year to me, guys, like Giannis should be killed if they don't. Giannis hasn't even made a conference finals. Like, what? Like people like, aren't realizing. He hasn't even made a conference finals. He, he lost it. He made it, he made it with, uh, when they lost to Toronto. No. No. They, he, no. they made it there. They didn't win it. They didn't win it. That's what you mean. Oh, yeah. You're talking about no. Didn't if I'm not mistaken, didn't no, that they was lose? Conference finals. That was the conference finals. I thought they beat Philly in the conference finals. No, I got it mixed up. No, that was the semifinals. Okay, I got it mixed up. I apologize. My fault. Let me take that back. But they haven't. Okay, so but even still, I was gonna go to the next. They haven't made a finals. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the back-to-back MVP, has not made a finals. We killed LeBron for making the finals and not winning. 
going and not winning. Well, Kawhi but, but Leonard. It's coming because I think Kawhi, I mean, uh, Kawhi, Giannis got a little bit in the bubble last year. And then this year's because let's face it, he hasn't got better. Like his free throw shooting is worse. Yeah. He's, he's shooting below 30% from three points. So that's worse than last year. And his mid-range game is non-existent. I mean, he's shooting, I think, 30% from two, which is it's just, it's just god-awful. Like and what's his move? I think every day, every he game, he tries one. to figure out, all right, is it, is it dribble, dribble, pull up? Is it, is it back up someone and, and fade away? You know, what's his move? He, he tries too many moves. It's like you're the most dominant. You're, you're a big man. Yeah, and essentially he's trying to play like a wing. It's like, no, get in the post and dominate there because you can overpower everyone. And I feel you're like athletic he's trying to do and too you're much. physical. Like, use exactly. your abilities and, and be great. That's what every guy does. Like, if you really think about it, all the greats have a move. They use their best ability and, and use it to their best advantage. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant. Um, you know, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like they just all have something about them that when their when their careers are over, you know, we we look back at Jordan and we just his will, his mentally, he would kill you before he even played you, and then we look at his athletic ability. But we we praise Jordan for killing you mentally. He'll take you out to eat and think everything's all friend and buddy buddy just to go drop 40 on your head the next day. So everybody just has something about them. LeBron continued to improve at his best in Miami. Those were his best years. That was his prime. That was the greatest. Like, you look at LeBron, that was probably the greatest player of all time at that time, but he hadn't done enough to be considered the GOAT. But when you just look at watching a guy, he probably was the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Like I said, when you talk about greatness, you got to bring all the accolades in. He didn't do enough up to that point to be considered the GOAT. Then you look at KD, he, he could kill you from mid-range. He's a good three-point shooter. He's not great, but he's a good three-point shooter. He's, a, he's an above-average, really good three-point shooter. He's a great mid-range shooter. He could go to the bucket at will, but like when we talk about Giannis, he doesn't have that. Giannis isn't a great on-ball defender. He's so long that he could block your shot, but then you even measure Kawhi. Kawhi's a great on-ball defender. He's a great mid-range shooter. He'll hit the three, you leave him open. He'll pull up. Yeah, Giannis' defense gets very overrated as far as. Because he's people. so long that they give him that blocked shot, you know, and we, we give yeah. him that. But he's not Rudy Gobert when it, or, or Anthony Davis when it comes to rim protecting. But he's not Kawhi Leonard when we come, or, or even like Paul George, Clay Thompson. There's so many great on ball defenders in the NBA right yeah. now. But he's not them when we talk about on ball defenders. He's not even Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons. Exactly. Way, so he's not. The way Ben but, Simmons gets in you and your body, yeah. like you don't yeah, see like, honest do What that. does he do well? And, and it's, I hate to talk, but it's about time that guys on that stage get bashed because let LeBron have this lap. Like people were ready to, last night, like we're watching the Nets game and people are ready to say, LeBron can't do it. He don't got it anymore. Oh, you know, we're going to crown the Nets, the NBA champions, off of one of his first big games without Anthony Davis. Like, it, it, But that's the type of pressure LeBron James is on. Yep. Let Kevin Durant have played last night and the Lakers win. Oh, KD and those boys need some help. Let's panic on one Thursday night primetime game and say their season is done. Like, the, the Nets have rolled the roller coaster of, we give up on them. Oh, they're going to be great. Oh, no, they're done. Like, oh, no, they don't have a shot. But we don't do that with Milwaukee and Giannis. So, like Chris said, I think his time is coming. But 
to push the conversation forward. I got two more topics I want to cover, but instead of getting into all the all-stars, we know who's starting. We know who's going to end up making it, but there's one conversation to have when it comes to this all-star five is out. And there's one guy who's missing on that starting list. And I think we can all agree it's Damian Lillard. And the one guy, because like I said, we got guys on the starting list, MVP conversation, and we're only looking at the Western Conference for the simple fact we're back to doing East versus West. We're not doing captain's draft and figure it out. We're not looking at 10 players who make it. Luka Doncic, to me, does not deserve a starting spot over Damian Lillard. Now, I understand it's the fans, and I know that's why Luka won it. Because when you really yeah. look at it, he's an international player. He got a whole country. He, he, he's got a country. He's got a whole nation. Like, he's got a, a whole continent, in a sense, of Europe that's going to vote for him yeah. on that's top like of the Yao people. That's when Yao would always make it. He got Exactly. <laughs> on top of the people that have fell in love with him in America. So he has two continents where Damian Lillard, he's a star, but he's not an international superstar. Damian Lillard is a superstar, but he's not an international superstar. He's loved by us. He's respected by us. He's been very underrated his whole career by oh, a lot wow. of people. Like people, <laughs> his whole career up until now, even last year, we wanted to show him all the love. And it's like some of us did, but some people still, I don't know. They still try and bring Steph Curry in the mix. And granted, I do think Steph is the best point guard in the league, but that's another conversation. But the fact is, Damian Lillard has been very underrated his whole career. It's like, how many times does he have to be Dame time? How many times does he have to prove he's clutch? How many times does he have to prove he's great? And what he's doing this year is way more impressive than anything Luka Doncic has done this year up to this point. We can measure it, and that's why I don't think when we vote starters, I don't think fans should have all the vote. I think maybe 51 and 49 but not all the vote for starters because the starters have always been a popularity contest. That's all it is. I mean, it was a year Kobe Bryant was hurt, wasn't going to play. We knew he wasn't going to play, and he got voted in the All-Star game. Vince after Carter, being too. Hurt. That happened with Vince Carter. He was averaging yeah, like 15 and we knew and he, made we knew he wasn't an All-Star. He was hurt. But us fans, it's a popularity contest, and Kobe Bryant is one of the most, you know, recipes Kobe, but he's one of the most coveted, beloved, and hated superstars of all time like he's up there with when it comes to superstar all the superstars are hated all the goats greatest players of all time are hated jordan and kobe and lebron and kareem people have reason to hate him he played for the lakers he won championships let's hate him the same way we hate people hate tom brady he's a great he's the goat he wins championships he's not on my team so i hate him i'm tired of seeing him win so i think what do y'all think about so jerk i'm a rapid what do you think about luca being voted in as a starter over dame and i know you got the you're part of a little bit of bias you know you admitted it last you know when we did our draft so i know you're part of the bias so i'd like to hear from you first does luca deserve a starting spot over dame lillard uh this season no like i think with the all-star game we need to start to consider the season in particular when it comes to voting guys in and you know like you said like i love my balkans players i really do because I don't know when in my lifetime I'm going to see a an Albanian player become a, a star caliber player in the NBA. I don't know if I'll see it, hopefully. But um, when, when it comes to Luka and Dame, like like you said, Mo, the reason he won was the fan vote. Because I, I like what they did a few years ago when they now decided the fan vote is 50%, the media vote is 25%, and the players vote is 25%. Dame finished above Luka in both the media and the player vote. Mm -hmm. But Luca finished over Dame in the fan vote. And EJ said it on TNT. That's the reason why he ended up being the starter because of that. And it's something I've always kind of had, like, 
I I said this on a on the last episode I was on with Steven and them on breaking the game. Like I don't think fans understand how important and like how much power they really have in deciding these guys becoming all-stars because it's yet another year where it's like this year definitively should have been okay Bradley Beal we know he's going to start in the east can't deny him that and now Dame Lillard was going to get his starting spot in the west and he somehow doesn't get it and look I love we all love Luca like ain't like there is no like any hate or anything I don't want anyone to perceive what we're saying as that so like let's clear that up no one here hates Luca like I said Vulcan that's my guy but At the same time, this season, like you said, the only sympathy I will somewhat give him is the fact that he had to do a little more early, and I think there were struggles early because Porzingis wasn't there because he's actually played relatively well since he came back, like in recent games. Mm -hmm. He had to carry more of a load that I don't think his body was ready for, uh, for him to do. I don't think he was there all the way at the beginning of the season, but... Even with that, the last you want to look at the last ten or so games, like Dame has been that dude. Like you said, they lost CJ, they lost Yusuf Nurkic, and you said what? They're fourth in the West right now, Mo. Like yeah, that. And and for someone like me who actually had low expectations for Portland coming into the season, didn't have to do with Dame, had to do with the other pieces on that team. The fact that they're fourth in the West at this point, like he should be a starter. So I don't understand it. Again. Luva, uh, Luva, Luca, love you, but he should be one of the guys that the coaches are voting in on the bench. Dame should have gotten that starting spot. Yep, Chris, what do you think? I'm sure much of the same, but because, but still, it's just it's so crazy to me, and that's why, like Jerk said, I think we should go back to 50 percent or 51 49. However, we're gonna look at it. I think it? it should be less, honestly. I think the what? fans. I think it needs to be an even 33, 33, 33. Because there's I a bias. That's what it was. There's a bias with fans. We love who we love. We hate who we hate. And we don't vote for who we don't see. And Portland doesn't get a lot of TV time around the rest of the country. Unless it's a primetime game, we don't get to see Portland. They don't have the organization to sell. Like, you know, we're going to see Lakers on TV a lot. We're going to see Knicks on TV a lot. Good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. Like, we're going to, you know, the Miami Heat are going to get their TV time. The Warriors, ever since they've had Steph in them, like there's just some teams and organizations that mean more to the league. And then when players move around, et cetera, they add value. You know, that's why we get to see Milwaukee a lot more. But like Portland is yet to be that team up there with, we get to watch them as much as the Lakers. And, and you know, Kawhi went to the Clippers and now all of a sudden the, the Clippers are primetime TV. You know, they get, 20-something games on national televised games that aren't NBA, you know, whether it's TNT, ABC, or ESPN. So it's like we still have yet, and that's, that has everything to do with, I think, Dame being underrated as a star. But, Chris, what do you think about the, – the, did Luka deserve a starting spot? Because I'm not arguing Steph. I, I just don't think it's Luka. I don't think Luka deserved the starting spot over Dame. I, I also don't want to say that, that Luka didn't deserve it. Because he definitely deserves to be a starter, but I think Dame should have gotten over him. Because Luca's having he's having a really good season, and like the last two games, he's he's what he got forty four and forty six. So I don't want to say he doesn't deserve it, but I get like you guys said, I definitely think Dame should have gotten the spot over him. And mm-hmm. Luca's definitely an all star. Yeah, hundred so percent. I want to preference that like he's definitely an all star, but you know. It doesn't shock me, and I'm I'm not gonna, you know, it is what it is, you know. Um, I think Dame has um, his popularity isn't as high as Luca as far as just with casual fans too. Right? I think we gotta we got to, you know, 
real guys who, who are like us that watch the game on, on a, na- a nightly basis or, or as much as possible, we know Dame is is a, is a monster. He's one of the best players in the league. But casual fans, they see Luca. Luca's on everything, right? And even though Dame has a lot of commercials too, he got the Hulu. He was on 2K, but that feels like recent, right? Yeah. It feels like like just like this last year or so that's been happening. But Luca has been. We've been hearing about Luca for a long, long time, and he's has this. And like I said, he also has another country, you know, that's helping him too. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna gripe over it too much because. It is what it is. I we saw this yeah. coming. Like I'm not, I wasn't shocked when I when we saw the West starters and we're like and Luca got the spot. I knew Luca's gonna get the spot. He just he's a popular player. It's just that simple. He's just a popular player. He plays in yep. in Dallas. And like I said, contest. the West Coast thing yeah, is a real thing. Is. People don't watch a lot of Portland Trailblazers. You know, yeah. uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna they're always gonna tune into Dallas games. You know, so uh, I'm, it is what it is. Dame's. It has been getting slept on for a while. We all know he can ball. He know he's one of the best players in the league. We all know he he should have been a starter, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. It's like like you said, we know this process already. So yeah, uh, I'm not getting right about too much. But Dame, he's gonna be an all star, which is the most important thing that he will. He's gonna be an all star no matter what. So he'll be in there. And uh, but uh, Luca. Luca, Luca's a baller, man. He's he's a baller, you know. Uh, he is, and, his, and you know, a lot. They got they had a lot of injury, like mm-hmm. uh, Porzingis, and you know, uh, guys underperforming. You know, we can go all day talking about Dallas struggles this whole year, but uh, you know, Dame. I, I would have put Dame in the starting lineup, but you know, we we knew this was coming, so I'm not going to trip too much about it. Yeah, I mean that's true, and, and like I said, it always with the fan vote. Um, being 100% of who votes the starters, it just becomes a popularity contest. But the last thing I want to hit on is Anthony Davis. Um, He's hurt. We know this. But his importance to the Lakers. And in this conversation, people will probably take what we say and say that I, I personally, LeBron runs that team. They go as LeBron goes. But at the same time, no guy is winning a championship by himself. And AD is the second star, all-star, superstar, however you want to look at him, top five, top ten. It doesn't matter. LeBron, in my opinion, looking at the rest of the NBA and how these teams are built, they're not winning the championship without Anthony Davis. How important, we know he's not coming back for at least a month, basically until after the all-star break, and that's at the very least. How important is AD you know, and I'm going to start with you, Chris. How important is he to the Lakers winning a championship? Like, there's some people who feel like the Lakers could get there without Anthony Davis, but ultimately they don't win it because they're gonna, what we're predicting is they're going to run into the Nets. But so how important is AD getting back healthy? Like, is his health is more important to me than actually getting him back on the court for a regular season. They could be... To me, the Lakers could be four, fifth, six. It doesn't matter. It's LeBron in the playoffs. But how important is it to make sure AD is a one hundred percent healthy before he steps back on the court? So, Chris, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna go with you first. He, he they have to be really careful with this because you know it was a really bad you know really bad calf injury, and we saw with Kevin Durant. I mean, if that does if that doesn't show you how bad it could be, then I don't know what can you know. We saw Kevin Durant with the calf strain, and that led to him tearing his Achilles. And we saw with with Anthony Davis in last in in the bubble, you know, with with, with injuries in the lower body, and we thought, oh my God, did he did he hurt his Achilles? So like, I just think his body hasn't recovered from 
from uh, the bubble. And we saw a lot this year where he, he didn't look like his himself fully, mm-hmm. you know, Anthony Davis. So they, they need to make sure he gets his body right because we know, you know, listen, they didn't have no fans in the bubble last year. So we know it doesn't matter. They don't need home court or whatever. They, they could be whoever on any night, you know, in a seven-game series. So it, they need to make sure he's right because, listen, we hear about this every day. LeBron James, 36, he's in year 18. But, you know, it, that's a real thing. And you have to make sure that, you know, you don't wear down LeBron because if AD does come back and LeBron's worn out because, you know, he's playing high minutes and, you know, his usage rate is up and all that, then, you know, then that could be an early exit. Especially in the West, you know we know how tough that that battle is in the West. So they got to make sure, um, you know, Kuzma's gonna have to step up. Kuzma's definitely gonna have to step up, and he's played he's played decent of late. You know they got to get Caldwell Pope to do his thing and all that Caruso, you know. But uh, they're gonna have to figure it out. But Anthony Davis being healthy for the playoffs is priority number one. If take his time, if he wants to take off the rest of the season, so be it. Because you know at, we talked about this earlier. The only thing that matters is the Lakers and championships. And they want to win back-to-back. LeBron wants to win number five. AD wants to beat number two. And that puts him in a different, you know, uh, in a different level, you know, um, as far as greatness, because you know that matters to him after all those years of losing with New Orleans. So make sure he's healthy because, we, like I said, we saw with Kevin Durant and we see just in general, I mean, Calf injuries that leads to <laughs> it's attached to the Achilles. I mean, and we know how bad that can end, and, and the Achilles injury that's 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 devastating. So just get him right, whatever. How much time you need to take, you know, they, they're in a good position where even if they do struggle a little bit, I think they'll be fine. They don't have to worry about too much. But um, just make sure he's right because you lose him, you have no chance. I'm sorry, LeBron. I mean, we've seen LeBron take some bad teams to finals. But it's different out west. <laughs> yeah. It's different, different out west than, than those those Cavs teams he took to the finals. So um, get that man right, so we can so we can uh, so we can see AD in in the playoffs and and uh, and and see LeBron go at it at you know at full strength with his team. Yep, Jared. So when AD was first traded to the Lakers, it always made sense because at the end of the day they were more than willing to trade that entire young core and future assets that they did, not just for the offensive uh, skill that AD was going to bring along alongside of LeBron, but the defense. Like I akin to it as when KG was traded to Boston, KG mm-hmm. became the defensive leader for the Boston Celtics and that little run that they went on. AD has essentially been that for the Lakers, where th- th- the last season and a half has been the best defense we've seen from LeBron since his Miami days in spurts. We have seen some shades of that LeBron James mm-hmm. in part because AD is there and Anthony Davis at the same time, like he is so valuable defensively because he he's that leader. He helps make sure guys are in the right places. And he's a big guy for making sure that, you know, he covers up mistakes for his teammates. So I think if there's one positive I could take out of the time he's going to miss, which I think we all agree, like you let him sit out as much time, not just to heal this injury, but to give him rest on his body from the short offseason. Like this could low key be a thing where even if he's quote unquote healthy, let's say the calf gets a lot better quicker than we think, give him an extra two to three weeks to give him that extra time because of the uh, short offseason that they had. Like, mm-hmm. a fully healthy AD come the playoffs is the most important thing. A fully healthy AD coming back, plus LeBron, they're mowing through the West. That's no no questions asked. 
So I, I think what what good could come of this is that if this forces some of the Lakers' other players, especially some of these guys who, you know, defense may not be their strongest suit, like a Montrez Harrell, if this ends up being – if he starts playing some pretty good defense, if the other Laker perimeter defenders play pretty well. Dennis Schroeder, I've heard from some he's like a relatively solid defensive player. I've never – graded him on defense i've heard he's at least decent from the point guard spot if this forces some of these guys to hunker in on defense more they play a little bit better they execute a little bit better they're gonna have off nights of course but if they're if they're at least showing improvement then you bring ad back into the fold it's like okay we're bringing our defensive player of the year back imagine ad comes back the leader of that defense and all these players whether it's hustling whether it's understanding defense better whether it's learning techniques you know timing if all these guys could get just a little better when they bring AD back, the Lakers will get even better. So if there's one positive spin I'm, that you can put on this, it's that. It's that if this team can figure it out and then get AD back, it's going to be pretty scary for what they could do fully healthy come playoff time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I'm definitely with you. You know, I definitely – I think that, you know, obviously AD is more important. And it's LeBron James. You know, we know yeah. he, he's going to win these some of these games in a regular season. AD, no AD. But, you know, LeBron's eyes is on the prize, and, and that's the Larry O'Brien trophy. That's the back-to-back. That's the possibility of solidifying. Like, LeBron knows what it is. You, He might solidify himself as the GOAT. It's very possible. He might sway some people as the GOAT if he can beat the Nets in the finals. Um, That's kind of what we're predicting is the Lakers versus Nets. And even if LeBron is able to pull two things off, which is a back-to-back um, with L.A., and beat the Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving Nets, that might solidify or convince some people who are on the Jordan is the GOAT debate. Like, that might sway some people to the left to go with LeBron as the GOAT. So, you know, it's just, it's tough for LeBron. I know it's it's tough on him being in year 18. He's probably going to put some more minutes on his body. But ultimately, I don't think this is something that should strain LeBron. Don't don't play him more. Don't put, put him at 40 minutes a game, et cetera. Because your eyes is on the prize. Whether you have to don't duck and dodge certain teams yeah. and have LeBron playing excessive minutes. Look, whoever I have to play, I gotta play. I just gotta win a championship. And if that means you gotta go through a gauntlet and you end up matching up with Portland and then Denver and then you know Utah or the Clippers, however you gotta do it, you gotta well, do right it. Right now you know? it would be Golden State right now, if just hypothetically if right. playoffs and, and, now and 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 that'd be tough, and and that's at the two seat. You know, mm-hmm. it, they'd have a tough road with, with at the two seat. So therefore, you know, whether you're one, two, you're gonna go through a tough road. The way teams are looking, Portland looks great. Wait till they come back healthy. Um, you know, Warriors look great. Wait till they come back healthy. Phoenix is balling. <laughs> Phoenix like, is balling. Yeah, right Phoenix. So it's a gauntlet, regardless. Like I don't think you're gonna duck. San Antonio's still in. Yeah, that, man. like I don't crazy. think you're gonna duck a bad team. <laughs> Isn't that so, crazy? Yeah, like in that's itself. the. That's that's what's crazy is like you're not, you're not gonna duck a bad team being the number one seed. Yeah, you might eh, skate by, and I got the easiest opponent obviously being number one, getting number eight. But the fans are coming back too, so that helps. Yeah, a so bit. that's a problem. And travel is involved this time. There is no bubble yeah. as of right now. There is no as bubble of, for the playoffs. It's very possible that they decide to do it. Um, but as of right now, there is no bubble, so travel yeah. is going to be involved. So we're not going to see those. LeBron playing. don't want that. <laughs> no, he don't. A lot of no players want fans. Want no players want it. Want they want fans. That. They want the home court advantage. But I'm just saying, like as of right now, that's the way it's going to be set up. 
Um, by the end of the season, or by by after All Star break, we're gonna start seeing fans in pretty much majority of arenas, if not all arenas. So I do think that's a factor. Travel is gonna be a factor this year. You know, the, those bad road teams will get exposed in the playoffs because you're gonna have to travel to win a game. Um, those hostile environments. Granted, they still won't be sold out. It doesn't matter. All that means is fans are gonna be a little more louder, a Nobody little more come to the garden. Nobody wants to come to the garden. <laughs> uh, to be honest, you know what's crazy is to be honest. Into existence. The, the Knicks, the Knicks go to the playoffs this year, and you do have to come to the garden. That might be the loudest arena. This one of the that most exciting the years for the Knicks is some years. So you know that passion go come back. We're in the and playoffs. It would be, it would be no matter right what. now. It would be Knicks Brooklyn <sighs> battle in New York. Like I, ratings, I would take, I would take Brooklyn, Ooh. but. The battle of New York in the playoffs with fans back in Madison Square Garden New York. would be crazy. And a sight to see, sell out or not, they're going to put enough fans where we're, we're starting to slowly, the vaccine's out, da 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 blase, blase, politics, whatever, that we're going to start being able to get more and more fans until we can start filling out stadiums again. And that'll probably be at the beginning of next year. I think maybe we'll start sellout crowds, state-by-state state yeah. basis, but we'll definitely see half, 50%, then we'll, you know, excess to 75 and then we'll go to 100 but you know that's just definitely something to see but fellas i appreciate y'all for coming on the show great conversation great topics you know jerg i love your insight chris is always great when we link together so i'm gonna allow y'all to plug in y'all's podcast y'all social media where everybody can find you chris i'm gonna start with you go ahead and, and plug in all your social media and your podcast info Yes, yes. Like I said, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it, bro. Always, always a pleasure to, to chop it up with you guys. But yeah, you can find me uh, off the ball pod, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, obviously, follow the network, OTB underscore network on Twitter, off the ball network on Facebook and uh, and Twitter also. And uh, I got a I got a few good shows lined up for next week. I'm excited. I got uh, I got Scott Pollard, former 11 uh, year vet. You know, he played with Boston. He played with, you know, people remember he played in those Sacramento teams, you know, went against Diesel, you know, Shaq, you know, him had some fun battles. So I got him on Monday. I got Rashad Phillips coming on uh, next Wednesday, too. So I've got some good shows uh, um, in the works, too. Also, with, with the other VP, with, with Jeff, we're doing, uh, you know, uh, we're going to be going over us um, any given Sunday. So I'm excited about that. So got some cool projects lined up for this week. But, uh, yeah. Go follow me on there. Stay tuned with all the information. Like I said, I got some cool shows lined up for this week. So uh, I'll have all the times and all that. So when, when we uh, go live, so check out my, my uh, go check out all the my social media and I'll keep you updated on all that stuff. But yeah, go follow, make sure to, and off the ball network.com. Like I said, a lot of good content over there. Check it out. Good stuff. Jerk hockey guru stuff. Oh, everything there. We got our power rankings. We got hockey power rankings since we, we missed Jeff's power rankings. I had to, I was like, jerk, I need power rankings. Well, how can we, and, and I saw some people getting on jerks power. Rankings. I was like, yes, yes. People like, why is that team? I was like, yes, I don't know why. I don't know why that team's there, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't get mad at me. I don't, I'm not a hockey guy like that, but I've learned so much from reading Jerg's articles and, and yep. understanding a little bit more about hockey. So go, go check out. Cause we got, we got a lot of good stuff, you know? Uh, so uh, go check out off the ball network.com for all your sports needs. Yep. Jerg, go ahead. 
Yeah, so like I said at the top, thank you, Mo, for inviting me on the Up in Flames pod. It was awesome to be on for the first time. Always love talking with you, Chris, all the guys at the network, like Chris said, offtheballnetwork.com to see all of our amazing stuff. Uh, for myself personally, at JerkK40 on Instagram and Twitter to see just the random things that we can share from time to time. About 99.9% of it is about sports. Uh, and uh, yeah, my like, like uh, the guy said, I'm doing weekly NHL power rankings. Week four will come out after this weekend, and I'm I'm excited to go into it. Kind of kind of like Chris said, for like people in case they wonder why, I really do go week by week. Like I'm not gonna keep a team in my rankings just because like I, I was hyped on them at the beginning. If you have a down week, I'm gonna put you down in the rankings. Like love I, it. I, the love way it. I see it, I call it like I see it, and that's how I gotta do it. But. That's what I do. Predominantly, my writing has uh, been NHL so far. Got a couple of things in the works, but I'm not going to say anything because you never know what what delays what any of that. But I, I will say this. I do have a couple of things in the works. Uh, but until then, I'm always hop on on the guys shows whenever they invite me. And always be, always a pleasure to speak to you all. Yeah, yes, man, sir. definitely. Definitely appreciate y'all for coming on. You know, this won't be the last time. Obviously, Chris constantly comes on Jerg, you know, anytime. If I if I lack a guest or anything, you know, you're more than welcome. Uh, you keep me on my P's and Q's. I know when I have Jerg on, I have to come hard. I know it has to be a great episode because if not, Jerg will expose me as a bad content creator. Um, definitely go check out his NHL power rankings. You know, shout out to Jeff. Uh, a lot of people ask me even to this day about Jeff's power rankings, and they'll be coming once football wraps back around. Those were some, <coughs> some of the most clicked on things on off the ball network so shout out jeff shout out steven them on breaking the game rob football and chill i just wrote an article on who is qb2 as far as the nfl draft like i said we got so much draft coverage coming uh i just did a podcast um talking about the qb carousel with uh rob from the football and chill podcast so if you're not noticing i'm starting to take a real huge interest in quarterbacks whether it's the NFL, the NFL draft. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. So uh, I jump on Couch Coach's um, podcast is um, around the draft um, next Thursday. So be looking forward to that. We're going to be covering the wide receivers and DBs. Uh, Jeff has is going to have me and Chris on to talk about the NBA also next Thursday. So Thursday is going to be a busy day for me, kind of like a busy midway week, season. Man. Yeah, kind of like a midway week. season check-in. So as you can see here, however you're listening, that we have a busy week. We're always constantly busy, always constantly producing content. You know, y'all can follow me on Upper Flames Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Mo underscore Cheese 15 for my personal account. Like I always say, I'm a little more active, actually a lot more active on my personal account. Um, I promise, I keep saying it, but I promise it's going to happen. The Mo Cheese story is going to come out, whether it's on somebody else's podcast or whether I put it out on mine. But the persona of Mo Cheese is going to come out eventually and everybody get that understanding. But I appreciate y'all for listening, tuning in. Once again, we open the show with this, so we're going to close the show with it. Go on Fanatics, go on OffTheBallNetwork.com, go on Sponsors, go on Fanatics. Obviously, you get any of your fan apparel from NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, NCAA, all your favorite teams, you want a shirt, you want a new mug, you know, we, we've all, a lot of people have become alcoholics during COVID, so get you a new mug to drink some beer in or some liquor. Drink responsibly. You know, yeah, drink responsibly, <laughs> definitely continue to do that. But, you know, there's just 
Fanatics has it all. You're looking to create a man cave. You're looking to create, you know, your wife wants to she shit with her favorite team. They have all, they have all the products that you need for any of your sports needs and apparel. So definitely go check out fanatics. Big things will be coming with them. But on that note, up in flames is out.